Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake. The only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. So welcome back to another pod show. Did you miss us? Yep, we were gone for two weeks. I uh, was taking a bit of a breather after uh, the, the madness that was the TechEd Europe launch that our team was uh, heavily kind of snowed under with uh, based on all the PR announcements and the, the dev foundational session we had with Jay Schmelzer at the show and the kickoff session and a bunch of other things that we were doing around announcing the APIs going generally available and also with all the new... Um, my apps extensibility that we, we shipped along with a bunch of other stuff. If you haven't seen what we we announced, I'd highly recommend going to dev.office.com slash training. And the top left icon there is the Office 365 developer kickoff session that I presented with Brian Jones um, from Barcelona. It feels like months ago now, but it was only literally a few weeks ago. So um, definitely a great way to catch up on the news. So um, before we ran into... And today's show, I just wanted to kind of cover off some things that have been going on around the blockosphere, around Office 365 development. The first one, again, it's a usual suspect, but um, it's a great bit of news for anyone that's using the SharePoint client-side object model. Uh, We now have the ability to use uh, CSOM to write back to the user profile properties. Uh, Vess has done a great job of blogging what's available there in those properties. Um, and also there's a sample in the Office 365 developer patterns and practices group as well, available on GitHub. Um, this again was something that came through feedback from customers and user voice that this was something that was highly needed um, in, in those environments. So please please go and check that post out. What's really cool is he posted that on the 7th of November and then literally Vardaman Despandi um, actually uh, posted very shortly afterwards on the 11th of November um, some additional kind of things are around taking the work that Vesra had done to build out additional features on top of updating those user profile properties. So go check out his blog post as well. Again, all of this stuff is in the show notes if you go to blogsoffice.com and filter by uh, podcasts. And then another great um, blogger I'm seeing kind of build up a bit more pace is at uh, SPBreed or uh, Karthik Ramamorthy. Um, I've scheduled to get him on a link call to get him on the show to talk about this, but he's been doing a lot of work with building out um, Office 365 apps using AngularJS and more interestingly an end-to-end testing framework called Protractor. Um, He did an awesome presentation um, at the beginning of the month that he's built using uh, Reveal.js, which was inspired by Andrew Connell that first did this, and I witnessed him doing this at the uh, SharePoint SP TechCon conference in... um, in, in Boston a while, a while back, two months ago now, I guess. And he talks about kind of creating Angular-based SharePoint apps, um, looking at configuring Node.js projects for testing AngularJS, and then writing test specs with Jasmine, and end-to-end testing using Protractor and a bunch of links, and got some great YouTube videos there. So I'm really looking forward to getting him on the show to talk about that more. In addition to that, from an AngularJS perspective, we're doing some really cool stuff here at Microsoft. The Azure Active Directory team 
um, now have preview support for Java single-page applications using Auth2 implicit grant. Um, there's a brand new JavaScript version of the Active Directory Authentication Library, or ADL, as you'll hear us say a lot around the camp. And um, that's available in preview. And Vittorio, um, who was at TechEd as well, I finally got to meet Vittorio, really amazing guy, very smart, um, did a Channel 9 video where we talked about this in detail, which is in that blog post as well. So um, this will mean that we'll actually be able to support um, calling the Office 365 APIs in the future um, you like kind of inheriting these ADL libraries and making sure our API support calls, um, which we we're hopefully going to be talking more about in the future. So keep an eye on that. Um, I'm working with engineers right now on some samples to show how cool that will be and how clean that code will be if you're just using single-page applications and JavaScript um, rather than having to like our samples on GitHub right now, the research project tracker and the expense uh, manager that Dan Wallin built. Um, the user proxy that you have to call on the server side to actually get to the APIs. So some exciting times there around our Azure AD support and the fact that you know Office 365 leverages all that all flow goodness and now we'll be able to take advantage of the fact they have JavaScript as well, support there as well. Now, if you've been hiding under a rock as a developer, you may have missed that there was a Connect event that the Visual Studio and Azure teams ran in New York and, and streamed online. Don't worry, all of that content is available streamed online and the links are in the show notes. But also, yours truly is in two of those videos. Um, it was quite weird. It was on the ramp up to TechEd Europe. I was working crazy hours on demos and content and different things and I looked pretty tired. Um, someone on Facebook called out that they thought I had a hangover when I was recording the videos. Um, no, I didn't. I was just genuinely really tired. Um, you can see bags under my eyes in the videos. But I will say the content, if I do say so myself, is actually pretty cool. They're only 10 minutes long. Um, but I cover off um, building a from scratch an app for Office in Visual Studio 2013, and then also um, building a cross-platform app using Cordova as well. So definitely go and check those out, along with all the other videos. I think there's like 60 in total, talking about all these new features in Visual Studio. So it's really cool to be part of that project from an Office perspective, and um, highly encourage you guys come to speed with the fact that there is now a community version of Visual Studio, which is free for various different um, scenarios in, in companies, which is extremely exciting. And our Office 365 tooling will work with that community edition as well. Um, there are no limitations to the IDE. It's the same as what you would get from downloading Visual Studio from um, MSDN. Um, so it's really exciting for the professional version of Visual Studio. So it's really exciting to see us do that. And there were some other announcements around kind of open sourcing um, the .NET framework and other bits and pieces as well. So I'd highly encourage what taking an hour to watch the keynote that um, Scott Cut 3 um, opened up on um, I believe that was on the 12th of November. Um, in addition to that Tobias Zimmergren, who has been continually blogging, but he's been off on non-developer stuff from reading his Facebook, has come back and was digging around the Visual Studio 2015 preview uh, with some application insights functionality. He's done a really good job of documenting what's available in application insights and totally relevant for an Office developer. Um, if you're doing provider-hosted stuff in Office or SharePoint provider-hosted apps, you can really get some cool insights into what your application telemetry is doing directly from the Azure management portal. So definitely check out Tobias' posts there. And then on a similar ilk, um, the Connect conference covered a lot to do with mobile device development, either via Cordova and Xamarin. 
Shax from the Visual Studio team, who we've had on the show before, um, is doing a great job of filling that void around you know what to do with Active Directory authentication libraries around Xamarin uh, for iOS and Android, um, some code snippets to get that going, and some tricks to downloading the samples and and what you'll need to be able to build um, the Xamarin projects. I actually had a great time with James, um, who is an evangelist at uh, Xamarin, at the um, Dev Intersections conference in Vegas last week, and we're going to be doing um, some more work with him in the future, so keep an eye out for some of the additional Xamarin samples that show off the Office 365 um, APIs. So um, definitely keep your ear to the ground if you're interested in that side of things. And then on the flip side, from an Apache Cordova perspective, uh, there's a ton of work going on there. Obviously, another announcement at the Connect event was now we have an Android emulator, um, which is available in Visual Studio 2013 Update 4. Um, you will need to update to the latest um, CTP of um, Apache Cordova, which is the um, Visual Studio tools for Apache Cordova CTP3, along with Update 4 of Visual Studio 2013. But that will get you going. There's some great documentation there, um, and all the links, again, are in the in the show notes. So um, some exciting times, some huge announcements if you combine together the Connect event and TechEd Europe. Um, as it becomes to being a developer and you know obviously I'll do my best to get some guys on the show to talk about all these different announcements so that you can consume it in audio format on your commute or if you're laying on a beach somewhere or uh, maybe you just need to escape the world and put some headphones on. So with that we're going to jump into the show. Um, I got Schumann here from Microsoft Consultancy Services who uh, we talked about the new Office 365 uh, developer patterns and practices core library which we've now shipped as NuGet packages so really exciting to get him on the show to talk about all the work that him and the rest of the PMP team have been doing around this core library um, and the extended community team which has been great to see how many contributions we're getting outside of Microsoft there so big thanks to everyone involved and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so I'm here on a link call with uh, Shuman Chakrabarty, who's um, been working on some really cool stuff that's been getting a lot of attention, um, well, as a general rule, with the Office 365 Developer Patterns and Practices group, amongst a bunch of people that we've had in the show, Steve Walker and uh, Vesa Yuvenen, and um, I really want to get um, Bert and uh, Frank Resco on the show as well to talk about what they've been doing as some of the core players in, in this project as well. But um, welcome to the show, Shuman. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know what? You're welcome. I, and so you've had a pretty busy time getting these things or getting a, a component of the Patterns and Practices group stuff shipped, which is the uh, the NuGet packages for the core library. But um, before we jump into that, how, how long have you been at Microsoft and, and what role are you actually in and, and how did you get involved in this PMP project with Vesta and Steve? Yeah, I've been at Microsoft for almost nine years now. Um, I got involved... Uh, because uh, I've I've always had these uh, little programs that uh, Steve Walker and I have worked on to try and build up these uh, little accelerator projects, but then uh, Vesa really led the charge on on getting this this going, and and so I I got to climb aboard the ship with all the rest of these greats and uh, get to participate in all this. And um, have you or in the role you you're in MC uh, Microsoft Consultancy Services? Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm a Microsoft consultant. I've been a consultant for uh, my entire tenure at Microsoft. Uh, I specifically focus on SharePoint solutions, uh, collaboration solutions, uh, and Office 365 solutions. 
Uh, and I work on, uh, currently working heavily on these, uh, app model transitions. And, um, and how long have you been working with SharePoint before you kind of evolved more into, the, you know, the all up Office 365 platform? Yeah, that's an interesting story. I started with, uh, the MCMS and SharePoint 2001, uh, versions and, I've uh, <laughs> had an intimate relationship with SharePoint ever since. Uh, I've, I've gone through uh, each iteration, and I've learned quite a bit over over the years. I've developed a whole bunch of different patterns and practices that I've come up with on my own. So it's great to uh, get to share them uh, with the community, and especially since I get to work with uh, with some great people that that have done the same. And and have you did you start off as a developer in SharePoint, or were you originally like a web developer, and it kind of evolved into okay, then starting building SharePoint solutions? Yeah, I was actually a, a web dev first. Uh, I built just SQL database applications and VBCom applications, and then .NET came around, and I got invested in .NET, and and uh, I ended up getting into uh, into SharePoint and and uh, MCMS when they first came out, and and because of that, it just it just evolved from there. Cool. And <clears throat> when you were learning SharePoint or in web development in general. How does MCS work? Do you guys go on uh, boot camps, or do they provide training for you guys? Like, how? How? What's your style of learning when you're picking up new things, like when the app model came out, or those ty- types of approaches? Well, I, I normally give myself a very simple project at first. So, uh, a good example would be like the calendar application, or uh, where you, you've just got a number of people trying to com- contribute to a calendar, or a contacts application just to list out, you know, a list of contacts and, and be able to say these people are, are, you know, have these phone numbers and and uh, just building out some kind of data structure to, to see how it all connects. And uh, once I get the get the hang of the basics, then uh, iterating to, to understand more and more about the all of the underworkings, I love to understand how the actual product works and how the how the platform works. And then uh, once I get uh, a really good feel for it, then I, I can make uh, uh, brash decisions around how I'm going to approach things and and uh, come up with some good patterns. Yeah, and and so part of the work with the patents and practices group, I guess that there's you know for anyone who hasn't been there yet, um, if you go to GitHub.com/slash/office/dev/slash/pnp, um, you'll be able to see a bunch of folders in there, assemblies and binaries and components, documentation, and then there's this Office Dev PMP core, and then there's this reference material and samples, scenarios and solutions, and there's a significant <coughs> excuse me, amount of activity going on in here. Um, from your core, the core team that Vesser and Steve have kind of uh, leading the charge on, but also in the community as well, and um, with the wiki page, if you go, you know, scroll down the page, you can see that where VESA puts together the announcements for late November, where we've shipped a ton of stuff, including the NuGet packages we're going to talk about today. At the bottom, there's a bunch of contributions from people outside of Microsoft, um, which I won't list all of them because I'm, I'm sure I'll miss one, but <laughs> it's great there to see when you start counting the team up. There's at least 20 people there that are working on this and contributing, and um, you can see the graph where you can see how many commits and forks and different things that are going on. So it's, it's really exciting to see the, the momentum here. But I think just to home in on what we're talking about today, um, which is the Office Dev PMP core, what 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 is that, and and why have we gone about building that as part of this PMP practices? 
That's an excellent question. The The core component is really just the accelerator part. That's the part that when when you go to an engagement and uh, with a customer and you're you're trying to go and build some some type of application and you you just want to get and dig in and and build something. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of uh, CSOM a lot that CSOM provides takes a couple of uh, of lines of code to get uh, some functionality built. And uh, and and the problem is that uh, we kind of want to get uh, get you uh, developing developing and delivering something quickly. So uh, you'll find that in this in the core solution we have some accelerators for just getting some basics done. So if you had to go and and deploy a theme, we have uh, we have a, sim a single function to go and create create a theme and deploy a theme, uh, and then activate features that were on the site. So when you're going to go and deploy all of uh, your solution, uh, in, you can have a reputable uh, core library of functions that you you know are going to get you uh, get you through the process a little bit faster. And and so like when I was back as a consultant in Australia, we we built up very similar things where <clears throat> we had like extension methods for things like create document libraries and content types and field types. Which I mean, if it didn't. It wasn't a huge amount of saving time, like four or five lines within that method. But I think for me, it was it was good when you're in a team to have that consistency that you always did it the same way. And that way, if it was used in the library, you didn't have to exactly. troubleshoot the lines of code that the developer had wrote independently that created that content type because you were just checking the parameters that are getting thrown into that so that class library. So is that the philosophy is that you, you've kind of roped around a bunch of things yeah, specifically around uh, around functions that we know that people need to uh, need to use, like you just mentioned, the the content types and fields. Uh, those are areas where you know you know that you that's going to take a few lines of code to write something like that out. But a nice helper method to get you through that. Um, everything's an extension method, so it's also easily discoverable. Uh, so you'll if you type in the the contact con, client context dot web. Uh, at that point, you'll now be you'll now be uh, you'll be able to see a bunch of functions that are available at the web level, or off of the list level, or off of the field level, and all of those things just make make things a little bit easier to get through the development process, uh, and and takes uh, takes all the extra effort in developing that uh, that uh, core function that you would have to go and copy to every single customer or every single engagement or every single project, uh, it takes that out of the equation and just gives you a, some some level of uh, a reputable process. And is it mainly around provisioning artifacts or are there other aspects that you see outside of kind of like the, the creating of artifacts that the library covers? Um, well, I guess there are certain aspects of it that are really focused on provisioning things, um, but then there are security aspects for just being able to uh, to connect uh, connect to uh, different uh, types of auth authentication authorization scenarios. There are uh, a few uh, a few things around uh, just uh, maybe some extensions for modifying the user interface for uh, web parts and adding web parts or uh, just toggling items within the environment. Um, yeah. There are also kinds of, there are some other extensions that we've added in here so that, uh, you know, oftentimes <laughs> you go to build a console application and you just uh, just want to get a secure string and, uh, you know, we make it really easy to just take 
a string and, and create a secure string and string dot to, to secure string. So uh, it's really uh, an impressive library of functions that, that we can leverage for more than even uh, just uh, simple app, app model scenarios. And um, in terms of uh, community contributions, like are there... Like I've got a ton of stuff that I know I've built out there. If people wanted like to add a function that or a method that they they found useful, that one they can kind of contribute back in in the notion that we you know we really want from an open source perspective. Yeah, I, I guess so. First things, yeah, we've we've had an enormous amount of contra external contributions to this. Uh, some some of the greatest ones are to the core library. Uh, I'll, I'll call one out specifically. One was was to uh, take an XML file, one that you like a list of fields or a list of content types, and to to build out uh, all that provision, all of that stuff. Uh, the old taking the old and building out the new in the new way, uh, and that that was just an amazing contribution that that uh, is is it's not a, a sample. It's something that's pivotal to every single engagement and every single project and and helps us to just uh, ease that uh, that transition to the to the app model from an old world solution um, and uh, the way the way that we're taking contributions is is through github we're really utilizing github uh, as the vehicle for change so when folks uh, when folks go and and build out their solutions in their own repo and then they they make a pull request for our office dev pnp uh, we go and review it uh, as a team. We review it and we determine whether or not uh, this is something that's viable. We communicate back and forth with the with the author of it and figure out whether or not uh, we can enhance it. Uh, and then we we uh, determine how we're going to get that code into into the solution. And, and we've taken quite a number of extensions, uh, and we've also started enlisting unit testing so that we can have regression testing. Uh, and that's a lot of that is being is being driven by the community, uh, which is fantastic. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's good to have that validation of um, other external people checking what we're doing, and uh, especially if they're doing the unit tests uh, to make sure those methods are actually working how they're expected to work. And if you know we're making changes, those unit tests will flag that maybe we have a bit, an issue that we weren't. Aware. So that's that's pr that's pretty neat. And in the future, we're we're hoping to add in uh, unit test, uh, utilize the unit testing through some level of build uh, build process that will that will evaluate all of that and uh, do some level of reporting to us uh, what's successful, what's failing, etc. And then we do want to share that with the community. It's uh, but uh, as, as Vesa always says, this is this is uh, done on our own own time. So some things are are taking a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and in terms of you know, the, obviously the GitHub holds holds a source, but there's this components and there's assemblies library in that GitHub repo, and then you've got the NuGets. Could you just explain like what the the makeup of of the core is and what you should be using, what you shouldn't be using there if you just wanted to use it directly in a project? Um, so the core is, uh, of the different libraries in the entire pro solution of Office Dev PNP. Uh, there are different folders, like you said, the scenarios and the components. Uh, some of those are driven by using the Office Dev and PNP core. The components and the scenario sections are, but then the samples uh, are are driven. They're just pure samples to show how you would approach it through uh, the app model only, not using the the Dev core. Uh, 
Um, the, the, the core, what we're trying to do is get it so that it's more accessible. Uh, right now, what we've got is, uh, we've, for a while now, we've had people go and load up the, the dev PNP core, work with it as part of their solution, and, you know, they'll enhance it along the way. But sometimes, uh, you know, adding that to their core solution, seeing all of the updates was a little bit, uh, a little too aggressive for some folks. Uh, so we, we really wanted to get a NuGet package out so folks could have a stable, uh, stable version of, uh, of the solution in, in their, uh, in their solutions. Uh, and it, it's, it's pretty easy to, to call out and get a NuGet package, uh, as, um, as you know, it's just uh, in, install package, and then you'll call Office Dev PNP Core 16 or 15 based on whether or not your solution is an on-prem dedicated farm uh, deployment or if it's a uh, Office 365 SharePoint Online deployment. Uh, it's uh, what it does is it pulls down. <clears throat> it includes all of the components that we would normally make you have to go and add to every single one of your projects. Uh, so, some of the ones that are kind of hard to find on, on your local machine, like the Microsoft Identity Model, uh, those things are all handled by, uh, uh, by the NuGet package uh, entirely. It also ensures that the version of the assemblies that get uh, activated on in your solution are the version 15 or version 16 uh, assemblies, uh, respectively, to your environment. Uh, and... Uh, and I think because of that, it's going to really help to to get you uh, get anybody uh, developing uh, a lot faster. I can go and create a console application and go and make changes to my tenant using the the tenant APIs, and I don't have to go and find that assembly, download it, and add it to my project. It's immediately available, uh, which is a huge value uh, to the developer. Right, right. And then if you update, if we make a change in the open source project, are you then republishing that out to NuGet and then the Visual Studio prompts will come up for the updates then? Yes, yes. Uh, so every time we do uh, uh, an update, we every time we do a master merge, uh, our master branch of the uh, Office Core the Office 365 Dev PNP Core, <laughs> the whole name. <laughs> Every time we do a master merge of that uh, of that branch, uh, we do a build of that branch, and then we take that the master assemblies uh, and we in built in release mode, and we copy those into the uh, the NuGet package and, and get that deployed out there with a a new build version uh, as well. And um, along with that, we make sure that uh, you know. All of the any other required elements are added in uh, throughout that uh, through that process at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So if I was using it, are we are we version stamping the DLLs? How, how would you recommend people use that approach? Um, so we we're using uh, we're. We are using versioning. We're still working out the versioning because uh, we're not 1.0 yet. We're still sub 1.0, so we're working out the versioning. Uh, we're so each version that we deliver with the uh, uh, each version of the assembly that we deliver does have a version. We're using basically a, a uh, <laughs> date and times uh, um, version numbering into in the uh, uh, in, on the DLL, but uh, 
more of it is related to the NuGet package itself. Uh, when we do, when we call out a uh, public uh, master build, uh, master branch build, um, that's when we go and, and package it, version it, and then uh, release it with a new build number in NuGet uh, at the same time. Now, one thing I, I would like to also call out is that that uh, when we we do have some changes that uh, we're making to to the framework, um, but we're not making any breaking changes at this time. We call all of them out as deprecated obsolete methods, so that in code, when when you're compiling, you'll see that there's a new version of a new name for the method or a new operation that uh, enhance that's an in an enhanced version of that method. Uh, an example would be, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the set theme to web uh, has that that method's actually changed in the latest build to uh, set uh, set composed look, and that uh, and because of that, you know, we're enhancing the naming so it's more familiar to the user. But at the same rate, we're not breaking your old code, and you can continue to use this uh, uh, iteration over iteration process there because I have had some feedback from the community that because I always go you know when I'm out it was you know well you know it's changing too frequently and the you know things are obsolete decisions on um, you know renaming things or is there a, a better process in place now that you've learned that maybe you need to think about libraries <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right in fact we actually have recently uh, created a PowerShell script to to enumerate all of the different methods and uh, their, what all of the extension methods are. Uh, and we're going through a process of uh, figuring out which items will remain, which items are already marked as obsolete, which ones uh, are, are going to be, uh, you know, may even be removed at some point. Uh, the, the point is that uh, we're, we're actually doing a lot more uh, diligent work to make sure that the naming is consistent and clear. And that uh, we do a better job uh, going forward. We're just making this. Uh, uh, we're, we know that uh, we started out a little bit crude, and we're trying to refine the process and make sure that it's it's optimal and best for the community. <clears throat> we also really recommend that uh, the community contribute those uh, those requests. You know, if you don't like the name of the the, the method, please do uh, go out there and change it and in your own repo and uh, make a pull request and and we'll take that into account and see whether or not that's something uh, that uh, you know maybe you've come up with a better name or a be better parameterization of of the methods <clears throat> we've also had <laughs> interestingly enough we've also had a, a debate over whether or not we should use more entities or more parameters uh, and uh, we'd love to hear back from the community on whether or not that's uh, you know which one is is more popular uh, to folks uh, using a single entity as the uh, parameter for a method or having uh, you know some in some cases I think we have up to eight to ten parameters for uh, for some methods <laughs> um, the office 365 dev patterns and practices group the Yammer group 818 members, which is probably one of the bigger groups out of all of the groups that are available now in that network. Um, so it'd be great if we can get some discussion going on there on that because you know it's it's one of those things that I guess we want we want adoption of this core library, we want people using it. 
And we want consistency, you know, like we, we don't want to have one method where we're, we're taking one entity and then we have uh, a dozen other methods that are taking 10 parameters. Uh, you know, if, if we're going to choose one route, we want to commit to it and, and, uh, remain consistent for the, for all of our, our, uh, and all of our extensions. And then, um, in terms of how else they can reach out to you, is, is the Yammer group the best way to, to the whole PMP team? It seems to be the approach, but I just thought I'd ask the question. Yeah, the, the Yammer group, um, is definitely a great way. Um, we have, uh, a lot of activity going on in that, that area. Uh, I know, uh, VESA is, is constantly, uh, <laughs> constantly on that one. Um, and, uh, I know I'm I'm out there uh, for uh, just reading uh, reading. I, I admittedly I could do a little bit more contribution there, but uh, uh, but there's quite a bit of uh, of information out there and a lot of good questions and polls and things like that going on. So um, definitely the Ammer group. Um, I I think the the GitHub uh, the repository where we've been taking issues and pull requests has been a great vehicle for us uh you know for from the dev inside me that's the uh first place i really yearn to go <laughs> so i i go out there and I, I i see that people are having issues and i'm reading them and then we have conversations about whether or not we're going to fix those things or include certain things or whether or not you know maybe we're just doing something completely wrong so we definitely take that feedback from from the github uh, repo as well. And so being a Microsofty, uh, much like I, uh, I am, and I, to be honest, my whole career I have been, um, I actually was a consultant in team foundation services back in, um, back in my days at Redify and, uh, was consulting and doing gigs about installing TFS. It was take, you know, take four days of consulting and installation and whatnot. And obviously now we're in this world of having things in the cloud and GitHub and using Git rather than kind of the, TFS approach to checking in and checking out code. How much of a transition for that was that that for you personally and for the team? And have you got any tips for anyone on? Okay, I, this is the first time I've ever used GitHub, and I don't want this to be a barrier to entry for me getting at this stuff. Uh, yeah, it was, ironically, I, I'm a uh, I'm in the same boat. I, I was I was really uh, focused on just using uh, TFS. Uh, I love the. There are some great benefits to TFS. Um, and especially just work item tracking and build management, that kind of stuff is great. But what's even cooler is that whenever you're using Git, even if you're using Git from GitHub, uh, you can still set up your, uh, you can still set up connectivity from TFS directly to GitHub, to, to Git. And so, uh, we're using TFS to actually make the pulls from, uh, from our GitHub repository into a TFS repository. Where we can still do builds, uh, and if we wanted to, we would do work item tracking. However, we're using GitHub for our work item tracking, so that it can be more community uh, driven. Uh, and then, um, but from a uh, development standpoint, Git is a—it's uh, an awesome way of uh, of uh, source control management. Uh, there are some definite difficulties whenever you're managing many repositories as we are right now but um, but when you're uh, in the community and you're you're using uh, when you're consuming our uh, uh, our repo uh, 
it's really just the process of making a pull request. You know, you can make pull requests every day, or you can. Um, I'm sorry. You can you can make uh, you can do a pull every day from our repo and make sure that you have the latest uh, updates every day. And uh, honestly, that that's a um, that that's a good good idea to do if you want to stay on the uh, latest and greatest. Or you can pull from the master repo and have the whenever we call out that we have some updates uh, coming from it. And once you've got that going in your own environment. Uh, it's it's really easy to go and make some changes and then create pull requests. Um, it's it's really not that uh, really not too complicated. I've gotten really comfortable with it at this point. Uh, we use some uh, third-party tools for uh, all of our Git management, but uh, I, I think uh, the average developer is going to get really comfortable with it really quickly. And, and the way that uh, you approach the it, it approaches. Uh, every check-in is completely different, but once you get your head around it, um, you can really get comfortable with merging your code with everybody else's code, and and uh, it works out really well in the end. And we get cool stats that say who from the community is actually checked in that section of code. So I can actually see when uh, when Frank or Bert or someone from the community has has checked in code right in Visual Studio in line with every line of code. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, and it, like it's nice to be able to see the changes and stuff directly in the UI. And um, I really like that you guys can provide that guidance and set up stuff in there as well. Now we need a Markdown editor for Visual Studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What are you, what are you using personally for your Markdown pages? Uh, I use the uh, the Markdown pad that. Um, I, I think that one's been great for a great tool, and, and the the fact that you can go and connect it to your GitHub repo, and then uh, and, and then uh, upload images to IMGur, uh, that's that's been that's been pretty awesome because we can load images. And there's been some feedback that we need some more images in our README files, and, and uh, not all of us uh, I think we're using Markdown Pad at first and. Now that uh, you know, I, I think uh, several of us have taken that upon us to start using that to to make sure that we get images out there easily and quickly. Um, so that's it's pretty cool. And um, so, what's the future of of this? What new section that you you think is missing right now that you're going to add in? Well, actually, I think what we really need to get to is um, we need to stabilize everything so that we can get to that 1.0 uh, release. Um, we also, you know, there's going to come a point in time where uh, even the samples that are out there are going to have to switch from using, right now they load up the Office uh, Core project. They probably need to be transitioned to uh, actually pull the NuGet package down. It, it really is a huge benefit that it, it pulls in all of the, uh, the, the related assemblies. Then it's not on the developer to have to go and add those individually to the project. So... Um, so I I really see that coming uh, down the pike. Um, I I think that there's some areas of authentication and authorization that will probably extend. Um, but overall, right now we have a very comprehensive library. There are hundreds upon hundreds of methods. It seems so. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's really extensive right now. Um, and then as as the uh, as the tenants start to expand uh, in capabilities and CSOM continues to expand, 
uh, we'll be able to add more functionality directly into uh, the extensions as well. So I, I think that uh, time will tell. We're working, uh, we're working really um, in, in a great integrated fashion with the with the product group, with the uh, engineering teams on uh, enhancing the PNP core uh, alongside while the APIs are being enhanced as well. And um, I guess on that, one thing that the other bit of feedback we have from PNP is that scenarios and people not being aware of things that exist so is there anything that we're doing to make that easier for, to discover what's going to be in the core library and to make sure you know that people can easily find out what's there and be able to use it oh no that, that's a, that's good feedback actually I, I think we probably need to to put in a little bit it's not just documentation some of it's the roadshow of going and demonstrating some things um, we've gotten we do we do great diligence in these uh in, in the technical demos and presentations already uh, and we do uh, do really go into the um uh into the samples quite a bit um maybe there's some some opportunity to just talk about the core and uh to gain some feedback uh from the community uh on the core um we, we probably need to come up with a couple presentations just around the the uh core assembly as well so that's good feedback, and I'll definitely take that uh, take that to heart. How can people reach out to you? Are you on Twitter, and um, you have a blog and different bits like that? Yeah, my Twitter Twitter handle is uh, my name S U M A N and then C H. That's my uh, uh, alias at Microsoft as well. So the same thing at Microsoft.com is my email address, and my um, uh, my uh, my blog is. Uh, uh, Basically, it's on the MSDN blog, so <laughs> MSDN at blogs.msdn.com slash shumanc, S-U-M-A-N-C. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to reach out to me at any of those locations. I am, uh, I have a lot of blogs in the works. Uh, none of them are published, so <laughs> hopefully soon <laughs> I'll get a couple of those out there. And I noticed on your Twitter page, just totally off topic here, you um, seem to have a picture of a, a Z3 on your uh, your profile. Is this a, a car that you'd like, or is this the car you actually have? No, that's actually my Z4. Very uh, nice. I, yes, it is my favorite car, and I, it's my baby. I treat it like it, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally hear you. That's, um, it's funny, I've, one of those cars I've never actually driven, but... Um, it, it looks like a lot of fun. I imagine it drives very much like a go-kart because it's so low to the ground, right? That's exactly how it drives, too. <laughs> and I bring my, I drive my seven-year-old around it to hockey practice, and he just loves showing up to hockey practice in, how in a Z4. How on earth do you get a <laughs> hockey bag in a Z4? <laughs> That's right. Well, lucky, luckily, he's only seven years old, so the bag is very small. <laughs> so the, the sticks are hanging out the window as you're driving down the highway or something. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> nice it's work. awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Um, I'll make sure in the, the notes we have all the links off to the various things we've talked about today. And um, 
in, I guess it'd be it's going to be really exciting to see the adoption of that core library in, in projects. And if people yeah, have yeah. Uh, thoughts or opinions, PMP team are really active on Yammer. Um, Vesa is, I think he doesn't sleep. I think he's late to any questions that come up there. So, And I know you guys are very good at it as well um, on projects. And if they're not, why not? Or what they'd like to see in addition to. So um, a big thanks to you, uh, you and the team um, for kind of building these things out using the new APIs inside Office 365 Dev. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. And we'll definitely get you on another show as you um, come up with some new stuff. We, we should probably get you on the show about that other code sample that you guys have been talking about too. We've been building some stuff around workflow. I, I love workflow, so I'll probably uh, end up having some stuff out there at some point soon uh, as well. So we'll probably talk about that, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> no, that'll be great. Well, have a good rest of the day. I um, It's lit, pretty cold here in Seattle. It's like 38 uh degrees Fahrenheit for those people overseas that's about three degrees Celsius what's it like where you are it's I think it was 12 degrees this morning when I woke up it's it's ridiculously cold here <laughs> okay yeah I was with um, Todd Beginsky last night and um, he was showing me pictures of his backyard three foot deep in snow so yeah um, that's I can't I'm believe it's I'm snowing already. I'm kind of glad I've moved from New York where that's where that's happening and no snow here but it's just blisteringly cold so it is what it That's is. Right. Okay, well, I hope you've enjoyed the show, everybody. And uh, thanks again, Truman, for jumping on um, so early in the morning. And um, we'll uh, see you again soon. Cheers. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com WACDEV, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.